this episode of Janet Today, Janet Tomorrow, Janet Forever, the podcast where two cousins discuss all things Janet Jackson. Today, we're going to talk about Janet Jackson's Dream Street. My name is Courtney, and I'm here with my cousin. Cousin Cam. Hey, Cam. What's going on with you, cuz? I finally saw Hamilton last night. Yay, spirit fingers. (laughs) Was it all that I've heard? (laughs) So... I had to drive a little bit to see it. So I couldn't see it in my city. So I had to drive to Durham, which was about two and a half hours away. So I had a lot of time to think about it. Uh I should say this. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. But also, I really enjoy the soundtrack. Like, I listen to the soundtrack like it just came out this morning. (laughs) Like, sometimes it's my shower music. It's my car music. It's my get hype music. It's my everything music. Mm. So here's why I was torn a little bit. I wasn't sure that I enjoyed it significantly more than the soundtrack. I don't know that the visuals added a lot for me. (laughs) I expect that I'm probably definitely in the minority. But I should say the fact that I enjoyed it as much as I enjoy the soundtrack is enough. Right. Because I enjoy the soundtrack probably more than should be allowed. Well, that's a good thing. That means it was a good performance then. It was. And, you know, there were different voices than were, were, you know, on the soundtrack is the original cast. And so this is no longer the original cast. And everybody was phenomenal. Like, I really enjoyed, some people did a little different interpretation of their character. Like, um, the guy who played King George was phenomenal. I really (laughs) enjoyed him. The new Hamilton, um, the guy who plays Hamilton with the touring cast was phenomenal. So I didn't have any complaints. But also, I was like, it's basically just as good as it was in my head when I didn't have the visuals and I was imagining what they would do. I was like, yeah, you guys did all right. I Like I said, I think that's a good thing because, you know, sometimes when they turn books into movies and when you see the movie, you like, oh, they took all the best parts of the book out, you know, and you'd be like, I'm disappointed. So at least you wouldn't like leaving there going, this is nothing like the soundtrack and, you know, it made you look at it different. At least you enjoyed it. I did. That's the most thing. And I really enjoyed, there was a guy who was sitting next to me who was guffawing. Um, he was having <laughs> the time of his life. And I enjoyed him almost as much as I enjoyed the play. He was living his life like it was golden. He was. I, <laughs> listen, I've not often seen a person actually lift and slap their knee in public when they're laughing. <laughs> but he, he was Okay, that sounds like a throwdown. <laughs> he, he, he was like bent over in his chair, slapping his knee. I was like, come on, bro. I'm enjoying you. Live your best life. Well, I'm glad you had fun. Yes, yes. So let's talk about a little bit of news in the Janet world. You and I didn't get to talk about this. This happened a couple of weeks ago, but Janet released Made for Now, a Spanish version where she's singing um, the song in Spanish with Daddy Yankee. Yeah, and I heard it is kind of hard to find. You got to do a little soul searching. <laughs> you do. So apparently it's only released on Napster, which is an interesting <laughs> <Yes>. choice. <laughs> Did you hear my pause? Like I was like, Napster. <laughs> I, I thought they were gone. No offense to Napster, but I thought they were gone. I know. I like know kudos to Napster around. for surviving all of these years in anonymity because I had no <laughs> idea that they were still going. And I was a number one Napster fan back in the day. I took Metallica, took them down. Yeah, really? <laughs> they really did. <laughs> yeah. 
And don't you know Metallica was like they wasn't they was shocked at how much backlash they received from folks. I was like, dude, you turned off our free music. Seriously. <laughs> yes. They really did. But yeah, so it's out there. Um I have only been able to hear a 30 second snippet because honestly, I don't know how to get Napster. And so online I, there was a link to like a 30 second snippet. And so I listened to it and it's fun. Like it's the it's it's as fun as the original. Yeah. And I'm cool with like all the remixes because, you know, there's a couple of them out there. But I think it's time for another track. I'm ready for, you know, another single or something like that from Janet. Maybe 2019. She's got another one coming our way. You know, she told us that she was going to release something in the fall. And you and I discussed about how maybe she doesn't know when fall <laughs> is. <laughs> But she might be tired because you got to think before when she said that she didn't know that she was going to get the Icon Award at the uh, MTV Europe um, Awards and stuff like that. So maybe her schedule just kind of got busy. Yeah, I mean, I will accept that. I will accept that. Also, she didn't say which fall. So like we all fell for it. (laughs) We just assumed it was fall 2018. But maybe she's thinking 2021. We don't know. Yeah, but isn't it kind of interesting that, you know, it used to be you could tour off an album for three years. Now, when people drop their album or their project, I mean, you get everything in a massive quantity to where it gets old after two months. Right. It's like you got to keep constantly putting stuff out. And I remember when you like singles were spaced out and dropped. But now it's like everything is right there at you. You listen to it. It's good for about two months, and then it's like, move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's just basically where we are. And it's, it used to be when, you know, they were releasing albums, like where you had to, like, wait for it and go to the record store. There mm-hmm. might be two singles before the album is even available. So it wasn't like you were going to listen to the whole album, and it's old before they start doing the promo. Like, no, you're going to wait. <laughs> you're going to enjoy these singles as we dole them out. Um, and then we'll give you the honor of buying the music. So maybe that's what Janet's approach is. Like, I know y'all doing what y'all doing, but I'm still doing me. Like, here's this single. And in six months, I'm going to give you another single. (laughs) And maybe. Are you thirsty? Right. Maybe if you're good, I'll give you an album. (laughs) I'm finna show my age, but you know what used to get me about singles? What's that? Like they will give you like the album, the the radio version, and then on the back they will give you like snippets of other songs. Oh yeah! And so like you get to singing, and you're like, oh, I kind of like this song, and then it goes to another song off the upcoming album. Wow, that's really old, Cam. Yeah, yeah. I know. It was nineties because I remember Escape. I bought their single of Just Kicking It, and it was like that. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's okay. Also, uh, I don't know if you've heard about it, but I'm pretty sure you have about the petition that's going around about re-releasing Janet's catalog, remastering it, putting it on vinyl, putting it out there for her fans to buy. Yeah. So this popped up in our Twitter feed and I didn't really think about it long and hard, but then I clicked the link and I went and read about like why, um, the name is Tony Kahara. So Tony Kahara started this petition and I thought, yeah, you're right. We are being cheated. <laughs> so, you know, for years, Janet fans have been, I don't want to say demanding because who are we in a position to demand? But, you know, we've been requesting insistently mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that she put some of the tours on DVD 
and release some of the videos as a compilation. And mm-hmm. this person is saying, and we also need those albums remastered and re-released. And they're right. One of the things you and I talk about a lot is how hard it is to get physical things. Yes. If you're a person who loves music and you want to have the highest quality of music, MP3 ain't it. Nope. Like, that's not that's not where it's at. Like, that's a compressed audio file. And if you're trying to get the original quality, then you really do need it on vinyl at minimum, you know, a CD or cassette. So I'm for it. I'm for it. I think I am for it also because I think this, I'm the type of person, I still like having a hard physical copy on hand. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I'm going to tell the truth. Like, Mary J. Blige Breakthrough, I've bought the hard copy four times just because it's got scratched. I know I bought Janet three times. <laughs> and I've also I bought designs. <laughs> I got about, I'm honest, I got about three different scratched up versions of Design of a Decade. <laughs> so, I like having a hard copy. I think it'll be good for the new generation too, just because they get to a chance to instead of having to always stream everything, they can actually sit back, relax, and enjoy the work. I love how Michael's estate has done, has started remastering things on vinyl for his fans. And I think Janet, of course, is up there with Michael. So do it. Give the people what they want. Yeah, I'm of that belief as well. So I, you know, I love going to the record stores, even though I don't own a record player. I was there last weekend. <laughs> I still don't understand. I still don't get it, but okay. I was there last weekend right next to a dude who said he didn't have a record player either, but we were just in there flipping through albums. Yeah. But I always go to the Jackson section and just to see, because I have been stalking a couple Janet Jackson things and this store that I go to has a used section as well. Mm-hmm. But I went to the Jackson section in the new part And it's just all Michael Jackson and it's all of the albums that like album albums that I I would have had on CD. So like the double disc dangerous album, they have an LP vinyl and it's, it's beautiful. Like the picture of the album cover is what's actually pressed onto the vinyl. Now I don't know how good that's going to sound because that sounds like it might distort some (laughs) of the audio, but be that as it may, it's gorgeous and it's available and a newer like someone who's just getting into vinyl or a person who's just getting into Michael Jackson, if you see that, it's eye-catching. It's reasonably priced. Like, you would get it. I bought um, Thriller from there, but I actually bought the the old school, like the open up double vinyl. The Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what I bought. I didn't buy the one with his picture on it, but I almost did just because it was so beautiful. So like if I think if Janet did that and had like those eye catching LPs in the store, um, definitely. I think that perhaps she would get some newer fans. Um, And if not, you know, she definitely would be pleasing some of the other fans who've been around for a long time and who just really want to have something. You know, my biggest frustration with streaming services is I still want to, like, download the whole album. Mm -hmm. But like a lot of those services, if you subscribe and you download the album without making the full on like MP3 purchase to your hard drive. Like the nerve of you to like disappear (laughs) my songs that I have downloaded. (laughs) Give me my music back. I paid y'all for every month. I was like, this musical (laughs) sharecropping is not where it's at. Like, (laughs) 
Oh, stop the pressing. <laughs> it's a new word. Musical sharecropping. It's not where what? it's at. That's unfair. This is nothing like sharecropping. But I'm like, listen, I done paid into this for this. And like you come back and confiscate it. Like, no, I don't know. Yeah. Like I said, I, I'm I'm down for this petition. I'm gonna I'm gonna put my name on it. Cousin Cam will be on it. And uh maybe then I can stop trying to hassle eBay. Uh, sellers girl <laughs> i got CDs. so many ebay alerts set up like i'm looking for the janet album on vinyl if someone has it let me know that's what i'm looking for but you know they're gonna charge you an arm and a leg i like, know no, i have my this. limits i have a price in my mind and if you say a price that's not that i'm gonna thank you kindly and send you on your way <laughs> but make it happen Whoever it is, yes. Universal, whoever. It's going to be a lot happen. of entities that we got to petition, but I think uh, Tony has copied them all. Like, she's been on several, <laughs> several record labels, so he got to go all the way back to A&M. Uh, Flight Time got some ownership in there, I'm sure. Universal Music Group. Uh, so, I mean, it's going to be a lot of entities to have to come together, but if we can just get a couple little things to start trickling, I would be too excited. Now, I know I would buy Control, and I know I would buy the Janet. I don't know if I would do Velvet Rope, but I know at least those two I would want them. I want Velvet Rope. I really want Rhythm Nation. I'm already stalking a Rhythm Nation LP on eBay right now. <laughs> um, I have Unbreakable on LP. I might even have two, to be honest. That was a clerical error. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> So there are a couple that I really just want on vinyl just to have on vinyl. So if she put it out there, though, I'd probably just buy them all because that's what I would do. Um, but let's talk about so on Friday there was yeah. some news announced by Tom Joyner that uh, yes. Janet is going to be on his cruise the Fantastic Voyage in 2019 which means well I already know the cruise was already halfway sold out so pretty much tickets are going to be flying off the shelf it's sold out already Yeah, it was it was sold out when he announced that she was going to be on it. Oh, man. So there's no hope for me getting a ticket. No, nah, because unless we can. <laughs> I can't get a cabin. <laughs> we might can get some jobs. Maybe we can. <laughs> Don't they need somebody to introduce Janet? I can do that. <laughs> yes. So what do you think about that? What do you think about her doing a cruise? I think it's a good look. I think it's a good look. Um, and it's for a good cause. Because Tom Joyner is one of the hardest working men on radio. And it's for a good cause because it helps kids, scholarships for kids going to historical black colleges. So once again, Janet, in a way, is actually doing what she does with love, helping kids further their education, putting on a great performance for her fans. So I think it's a win-win. I love it. I, no, I really wish I could go. I know. So we probably should work on it. We got to figure out if this make this happen. But I have two things to say. So one, okay. at first I was like, I'm not sure Janet is at the stage of her career where she is a cruise act, but I I accept it for two reasons. One, like you said, a great cause, like supporting HBCUs and education. And we know that that is kind of basically been a hallmark of her career. Right. And then the other reason is this is her. These are her people. Right. Like mm -hmm. this is going to be kind of that same essence set mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. individuals who will be on this cruise. And I think that that is just going to be a tremendous experience for that group. Like these are all her people. These is the fans from the control days, the rhythm nation mm -hmm. days. That's who's going to be on this ship. <laughs> 
And so I think that's going to be a good time. But I was concerned. I was like, I feel like you transitioning into lounge act a little too soon. And I was like, I don't feel like Janet's in that category yet. But when I think about it from the perspective of she's going to delight so many people, like I'm sure folks who are already on that cruise are so excited. So I'm excited about it for that reason. I think times are changing because believe it or not, Mariah Carey is coming to Biloxi, Mississippi to perform at the casino at Bovarage Mm -hmm. as a part of her tour. And, you know, a couple of years back, Mariah wouldn't do nothing like that. Right. But because the landscape of music is changing it now it's like you can't really say no now you got to do what you got to do to keep your name out there to keep them the music flowing so i can't understand why janet would do something like yeah. this so i'm I, I really don't knock her for it. Now, I do know one thing for sure. Mm-hmm. On the night that she performs, mm-hmm. you will probably see some stonewash <laughs> jackets. <laughs> why you, you got to do them like that? Why you got to do them like that? Stonewash. Because I would do it. Because <laughs> I would do it. I think you're right. Music is changing. And the way, like, she's probably viewing this as the way she did with a lot of those festivals. Like, it was really just integrated with my touring life like it's it's not different from a tour i also think that it's probably not realistic to think that janet's gonna be on this boat for a week Mm -mm, no yeah i'm like she is gonna be landing on the helipad (laughs) (laughs) or with the kids right flying into the port getting on performing and then getting off yeah so i don't think it's going to be an opportunity to like rub elbows with janet jackson she'll probably do a meet and greet because she always does that but um well she does it often not always but i don't think it's going to be like you're going to bump into her in the buffet line or anything like that (laughs) but can you imagine like we need to figure out how we can charter a cruise so there's a group that does a cruise for jazz and they Every year they like get some of the top jazz musicians together and they take a cruise. I was like, can you imagine if Jan fam came together and got a cruise ship? Not a huge ship, but a ship. And we were able to pay Janet to be our entertainment. Can you imagine that? First of all, we would need a boat bigger than the Titanic because we'll because <laughs> need Noah's we will be climbing <laughs> because we will be climbing on top of each other trying to get man, that thing will sell out in hour because i could see me now look i can't get no more jordans i can't <laughs> netflix and chill no more i gotta pay for these cruise tickets i need a good payment plan i'll be walking around like i live in my dorm room roman noodles and hot dogs because <laughs> i got to see janet on the cruise yes so that's an interesting thought i wonder what it would take to organize something like that i would be for it oh man i got i think i think they need me on the cruise I'm gonna tweet Tom Jones. They do Don't need you. Need you. you should you need you need me. to let them know that you are necessary. Don't leave without you. Don't leave without cousin Kane. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And before we jump into the song for this week, I did want to thank some of the Jam fam for leaving us messages um, on Twitter, SoundCloud, iTunes. So shouts out to Anisha Horns and Nicole for the retweets and likes. We appreciate you. Yep, yep. Nakia Laney and Ashley White. Thank you for your interactions. And also, I feel like I might owe you an apology, Ashley. I was not very considerate of your feelings around every time. I want you to know sincerely from the bottom of my heart, I tried to make it better and I didn't make it better. Nope. 
But we Tell appreciate you. you listening for sure. Much love. <laughs> Much love from Cousin Cam. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love, listen, we can't agree on everything, but. We, we don't. So I tried. I mean. I thought I was kind of polite to every time, to be honest. Well, let's see if we can be polite to Dream Street. Right. <laughs> let's get into this song here. <laughs> All right, let's get right into it. So this week's discussion is Dream Street. And I don't really even know how to get into it. So when you read about Dream Street, it says it was the final single release from Janet Jackson's second album by the same name, Dream Street. But also, I'm not sure if it was an official single. Right. I guess it's safe to assume that they considered it being released because of the video and uh, when it came out. Right. In November 20th, 1984. But we can't really nail it down to that's when it was released. Yeah. And um, so the album came out in October 1984. And if you read some of the singles, it says that there were, it was the fourth single. So them joints came out like back to back to back, pow, pow, pow. Like how you get four singles out October and November? <laughs> they were searching. Yeah. They were searching. <laughs> Just try to find a good song to kind of push the album off of. And unfortunately, they really struggle with Dream Street. So, but let's get into it because I I do have an affinity for this song. Mm-hmm. It would be incorrect to say that I like really love this song, but I have a deep appreciation for this song. So let's get into yes. it. So the song was written by Arthur Barrow, Pete Beloit, and John Philip Chanel. Pretty much, I always point out, Janet didn't write this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you could tell that this wasn't, at a time when Janet was doing a lot of writing for her albums. This was when Janet was trapped in like this new wave pop synth electronica euro synth kind of phase. Mm, yeah. <laughs> People were just like trying to create a sound and handing her some lyrics and she'd go into the studio and sing them. Mm-hmm. And you could really tell the difference when that transition was made from like her performing a song to her owning a song mm-hmm. basically the song is about a young lady who's chasing her dreams which was true to janet's life she was chasing a dream she was still you know doing television shows but she was also getting into the music and she was really you no know, chasing this dream of you know making it mm-hmm. so the song really does kind of line up with her life but yeah so i think you're right this song could have been very autobiographical if you really think about it and i think because of the way that it was marketed they hadn't made the transition to like adult janet yet right and so this song could have really been autobiographical and talking about her life but that's what we get the next time so when i say i have a deep appreciation for this song for me it's like the bridge to control right and also to it is very of its time so this song appears on fame and it very much sounds like a song that should be on fame it does and what janet was going through with dream street is nothing out of the norm a lot of artists don't hit the jackpot on the first project or the second project Mm -hmm. so what she was going through we actually and this is why i appreciate dream street Janet had an attitude in this song. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't the attitude that we were accustomed to. 
I can picture her in the studio going, Dream Street. I really don't like this song. Dream Street. I'm going to get me some more producers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I need more people. When we get to the video, we'll talk about how she does sell it. But yeah, so this was definitely a precursor. And we talked about, you know, this was featured on Fame, as was dang near the whole Janet album. I mean, the whole Dream Street album. Uh, I think they sang probably four songs from Dream Street on Fame. Uh, but yeah. for this album, you mentioned a lot was going on. Uh, she had moved to New York to start filming Fame. And she talks about this time, like, it was just so much going on. So the Dream Street album was released in October 1984. But prior to that, she had eloped with James DeBarge in September of 1984. So mm-hmm. one month before she and James had eloped, she was moving to New York to do some of the filming. She was finishing up the recording on the Dream Street album. She talks a lot about how these projects that she were launching at this time, being on fame, recording the album, her heart just wasn't in it. Like when she talks about being on fame, she says she was mm-hmm. always late for work because mm-hmm. there was just so much going on in her life. And if you know the Jacksons and how Joe had them trained, you know, be on time, be professionals, get it right, be perfect. Mm-hmm. So for her to be doing that, that's was like a telltale sign that, hey, something right (laughs) this might not something right (laughs) she even mentions in a rolling stone interview that when she was doing the dream street album quote i was totally into him and not really into my music or anything and anytime you do a project you got to be focused and you got to be your heart got to be in it if you have to do something yeah so we don't know like janet doesn't talk a lot about what was going on at this time we have something from other sources like i've heard Latoya talk about a little bit which is always a questionable source but James himself talks about a little bit what was going on and her brother Jermaine talks about uh, what was kind of going on in that time so during the time when she was trying to make this album um, you know they got married and I believe she and James moved back in with her family so they're living with her parents Mm -hmm. in Havenhurst you know the marriage was only lasted a year But during that time, you know, there was rumors of James struggling with addiction and Latoya tells stories about Janet being out all times of the night trying to find him and bring him home. Um, And James, I saw this recently. I can't remember when the interview was recorded, but he talks about um, even a a suicide attempt when he was living with them. And he credits Michael for saving his life for kind of talking him down from that. Uh, But I say all that to say it's a little understandable that she was distracted in the music making process. Mm hmm. But also that this time is what led us to control. Like Dream Street walked so control could fly. Yes. Yes. I remember watching um, Unsung where on the DeBarge family. And he puts it in this concept of at the time the DeBarge family were unstoppable. I mean, they were Motown's biggest act. And he couldn't handle the pressures of not only being successful with in a group, being successful in a group, but also being married to someone as successful as Janet. Because, you know, the Jacksons were still in a prime, too. And when you got the pressures of that and a drug addition, mm-hmm. you know, that's 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 a chaotic atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And I mean, not it's nothing positive going to come out of that. But he's very thankful to the Jackson family. He's never, you know dogged or say anything bad about the Jackson family and that's why I still I I respect James because he when he talks to tells the truth he doesn't say it's Janet's fault or anything he actually owns up to his issues what he had going on 
So, yeah, so all of that was going on in the background of the making of Dream Street and the making of this album. That's a lot to deal with and expect to have, you know, a considerable success. She also talks about at that time, you know, when she was doing Fame and when she was recording the album, she really would have preferred to go to college. Mm -hmm. When Fame came along, you know, she just did it because her father recommended it, but it wasn't something that she was um, seeking out at the time. And kind of that's how she got into um, recording that first album. You know, she mm -hmm. she talked a lot about how she would go into the studio and make songs and do different things. And her dad heard it and was like, yep, mm -hmm, time for you to join the family business. Um, so <laughs> well, not to join because she was already in it, but, you know, to, yeah. to strike out on, as a solo act. So, um, yeah. Did you buy, do you have the Dream Street album? I must confess, I don't have this. And I mean. I have the cassette. I think I probably got it when I was like 14, 13 or 14. I know I got it after Rhythm Nation because when Control came out, a neighbor gave me that. And then Rhythm Nation, my parents bought bought that for me and then when I started to like have a little pocket change and wanted to do things for myself I went to the record store and I came home with Dream Street on cassette I listened to that thing like over and over and over but not as much as I listened to the first Janet Jackson album I'm not gonna sit here and say it's my favorite song but I do appreciate the song and it's not an awful song to be honest with you it's not an awful song it's not you know and i think it struggled because of what was out at the time so when dream street came out like this is who was on the charts we had stevie wonder with i just called to say i love you we had billy ocean with caribbean queen lord my mama loves some billy ocean yes we had prince with purple rain we had madonna with lucky star oh, i love this song and my favorite i love wham so much wake me up before you go go so it was a busy landscape to launch an up-and-coming artist and not just that in that same fall in 1984 we had michael jackson released thriller reby jackson released centipede the jacksons were still wrapping up i think i got my timing right wrapping up the victory tour so there was a lot of competition for attention just from the jackson family right and then you're entering it into like peak prince peak madonna peak stevie wonder time as well so that's a hard time to get a new artist in and i don't not to take away from dream street but i don't know that a song like dream street or an album like dream street could have got in yeah <laughs> penetrated that and i think if you even try to fit it into those songs that you just mentioned you realize okay this song was past its prime but that being said when you compare dream street to control the single Think about it. In Control, she's still telling a story. But the fact is that the team around her took her story and took time to listen to Janet. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think once we really dive into the video, I think it hit Janet that, okay, fame is over with. Dream Street was moderate. But this is what I need. I think it helped her find out this is what I need. This is what I want. And this is my vision for myself. Yeah. Because eventually she moves on from the marriage from James. And she finally gets a clear head. And she has that aha moment. Mm -hmm. Yes, I borrowed that from Oprah. But her aha moment. <laughs> and gives us classic. Yeah. And I would argue that her aha moment is Dream Street. In Dream Street, it's like a woman declaring that she's going to be successful. She's going to find her way. And she did that on the next album, right? Like she cleared all that up. And so mm -hmm. 
let's talk a little bit about um, the video. Yes. Uh, the video actually goes into fame, which I kind of have a problem with because I'm thinking Janet was more than just fame. She had done other projects, but they used her status from the fame to incorporate a video. Yeah. Well, this was her first music video. And I hear what you're saying. You're like, she deserved to stand alone from fame. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I don't think she would have gotten a video otherwise. Yeah, that's true. There was not a lot of marketing for that album. Everything that I can recall for that album came from American Bandstand or Fame. Yeah. I don't recall anything else. And so this video was made as a part of filming the TV series Fame. So the song appears, I think, in season four of Fame. I think the episode is called Nothing Personal. Or maybe it's School Is Out. I'm not sure which. Um, And I think if they wouldn't have done that, and it's amazing that they did make that choice to support her album and promo her album on a TV show. Like, I think that's tremendous. But also, I think because of that, I agree with you that because of that, it had that very fame feel. Mm-hmm. It just didn't fit the videos of that time. Right. And the in the video, you know, we see Janet and she's on this bus. It's kind of, it's pretty much set in 1950s, pretty much. It starts off. Confusing point number one for me, but please continue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she's on this bus and she's, you know, she lands into Hollywood and even though it's 1980, I don't think they should have went back to the 50s. They could have pushed it up to maybe 60 or 70. I don't know why we needed to go back at all. That was the most confusing part. The way the video starts on the show is it's Cleo having kind of this mm-hmm. daydream. So her character, mm-hmm. Jen Jackson, played was Cleo Hewitt. And so the way that this video is introduced on fame, Cleo is kind of having this daydream. And, sh- and this whole thing is like a hallucination, basically. But she hallucinates to the 50s. <laughs> hallucinates to the 50s. And then at some point in the video, it's present day. and But right. she's her regular self. Like she's the same age through the whole video, even <laughs> though it goes from the 50s to the 80s. Yes. What kind of voodoo is that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And so, like, the next scene, she's struggling in a restaurant, having a hard time, and she meets a man, a famed actor, Billy Hussey. And at the time, he was considered a heartthrob of fame. He was fame, pretty much. Everybody knew him from fame. And he gives her a card. And next thing you know, she's auditioning for Debbie Allen. And Debbie picks her out and puts her in this show. But somehow, while she tries out for this part and she gets with the video updates to 1984, which. Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah, she appears in this red outfit. And I think I was so glad to see that red leather outfit because that's where we finally get to see Janet. Yes, yes. I agree with you 100%. And we should mention that Debbie Allen is the director of this video as well. And she plays the director of the video in the video. Yes. When Janet makes that transition to that red outfit, she was so glamorous and she was killing them with the shoulders and the hips. I was like, ooh, Debbie Allen all over this. I know Debbie Allen just went up there and was like, I need you to move your shoulders like this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she was killing that two-step now. She was definitely killing that little two-step and she was giving us a little bit more attitude and she was more herself. That's what I was going to say. To me, this is when we saw Janet Jackson and when that made that transition and she was giving you that fire, she was mm-hmm. selling it on that little part where she's like running up the stairs and she's dancing hard and all the fame dancers line up in front of her. She was really 
the star. And I often wonder, like, you know, she had a tough time on fame. And I was like, this might be why. (laughs) (laughs) This felt like preferential treatment. (laughs) (laughs) We gonna promo your whole album. (laughs) We gonna make everybody participate. (laughs) Well, if you look at it, it's kind of like love and hip hop before love and hip hop. There's recorded that, you know, there was some animosity. And I think, honestly, um, this is going to sound rude, but they were just jealous. Like, they were just jealous of Janet. Sometimes when you know, when you know a star is rising and they're going to outshine you at any moment, you know, sometimes Mm -hmm. folks will do what they can to to stifle that shine. So I feel like she struggled with that. But also, too, being late all the time didn't help, I'm sure. (laughs) Like, (laughs) yeah. And I think you got to think about it, too. Even now, if you look at it, if you mention fame, two people come to mind. Janet and Debbie Allen. Yeah, I, you don't really think a lot about uh, others that have come through that pipeline. And I'm sure there are others. I remember seeing um, one of the duets from her album was a duet on fame. Two to the Power of Love. When she was wearing that yellow painter's outfit with the baseball cap that was what come give your love to me yeah they did the whole album of it <laughs> which is surprising to me because i would have thought with all of that television exposure that album should have done better like whoever was a and r and whoever was doing her marketing at the time they how how do you lose with that kind of exposure they were just they were late on the but they just missed the bus with the song yeah but this video i think really helped to transition her into what we would expect of videos to come so we have to really thank debbie allen for that even though the video was bizarre and we have to understand that it was being used in the context of a storytelling tool in a tv show so it's not a standalone video but really with just the production value you know the scenes the storytelling all of that and we do see that in in her next video when i think of you yeah so I think this kind of laid the foundation for how she would become like a video icon and how she would use videos as a storytelling medium and not so much of a just a straight performance medium. Like her videos always told stories. And I got to think that fame did some of that. Of course, Thriller did some of that as well, being that they came out really at the same time. Mm-hmm. But I think her beginnings with fame and storytelling and, and and videos really led to what we later got from um, Janet Jackson. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, I'm a big sports fan. Love basketball, love football. How I look back at it is like this. And you're a Detroit girl, so you know about this. I look at Dream Street as, as I look at her as being Michael Jordan, game seven, going up against the Pistons and not can't get past the Pistons. So one summer after looking at all this dream street, she analyzes the video. She analyzes her life and realizes this is what I got to do to get past this hurdle. And I think dream street really made her sit back and say, I'm almost there. This is what I got to do. This is my game plan. (laughs) (laughs) So I have nothing really bad to say about Mm -mm. dream street because you have to go through something. You got to go through some hills, some valleys. But in the end, she's now incredibly the queen of pop. Mm -hmm. She can plant her flag anywhere and be like, I'm Janet, damn it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know? Exactly. Yeah. 
I'm with you. It's I'm just with funny. you. Like we had to have Dream Street. We couldn't have gotten where we are with Janet Jackson without it. I think for personal reasons, like she really grew as an artist from this experience. She grew as a person because of all that was going on in her life at the time. Um, but also mm-hmm. too, I think she learned. You know, sometimes you learn what you want, and sometimes you learn what you don't want. And I think mm-hmm. some of those experiences from those first two albums, she learned that, like, I don't want to make any more music that doesn't highlight my voice. Like, I want to sing about experiences that are my own or that are close to me or personal to me. And I think she learned that from the process of making those first two albums. And I think Dream Street was instrumental in kind of launching, I, I'm going to say, that attitude, that that feistiness of it being somewhat autobiographical, but also in the video, she becomes a star. And if you watch the um, Fame episode that that transitions into the video when she's daydreaming, I think she's holding like a broom or something. Yeah, and, she's holding a broom. Yeah, and uh, she's looking off into the sky and she says, someday I'm going to be a big star. And I'm like, yeah, you are. <laughs> You are. Yes, Cleo. You are. (laughs) She spoke her future into Mm -hmm. being. She spoke it through a character, but she really spoke her future of Janet Jackson into being during this time. And sometimes you got to do that in life. Sometimes you got to encourage yourself, you know, (laughs) and you got to speak into existence. And I think what's kind of kind of cheesy. And I know I'm probably going too deep is her in the video. She lands in Hollywood. In real life, she lands in Minneapolis. Yeah. And it happens a lot because I remember Usher working with, uh, at the time we was calling him Puff Daddy on his first CD. But it wasn't until he landed in Atlanta, went back to Atlanta, hooked up with Jermaine Dupree. And next thing you know, we had My Way, which became, which really put him on the chart. Yeah, I think the difference was you were out of your element to go and find yourself. And I think that that is symbolic in her Dream Street video, but also Mm -hmm. it was symbolic in her life. Like, there's a lot of parallels from this very keyboard-oriented song to... Mm -hmm. Nothing but keyboard. (laughs) They literally used every sound on Cassia, which at the time was like 20. They were like, we're going to use all these sounds. Um, There really is such a great parallel between this video, this song, and the life of Janet Jackson. So we don't really have any live performances of this song except for on Fame. Mm-hmm. I th- for some reason I kept thinking American Bandstand, but I could never find it on American Bandstand. <laughs> so right I found, on American I Bandstand, everything. I think she did. Don't stand another chance and come give your love to me. Yeah, and then at some point, but I think she did some other songs from the Janet Jackson album. I'm remembering a very creepy interview with uh, Dick Clark. I can't. <laughs> no, don't. don't it was. It was bizarre. He kept talking about how pretty she was, and she was clearly uncomfortable. And he just kept going. <laughs> you know, I mean, Janet, like. You know, I guess and we've talked about this in the past where she talks about her, you know, her image and, you know, being self-conscious of how she looks. But Janet's always been banging. Yeah, Even she, when she was gorgeous. She was a, yeah, she was the cutest kid. I'm, she has been straight up adorable her whole life. Now, you know, the one thing about this Dream Street video, when she turns into like the glamour star at the very end. Yeah. I was like, if she don't look like Reby from Centipede, 
<laughs> like, <laughs> I'm about to believe Reba is about to be your is your favorite you uh, Jackson. Got, I need y'all to not share a face. <laughs> like, like I'm gonna need the face on Tuesday. Is that cool? <laughs> <laughs> but I will say that if you're a person that's just discovering Janet, you do need to listen to the Dream Street single at least to kind of get where Janet is going to take you. You know, it's like the prelude to all things Janet. Agree, agree. And that's a good rap. <laughs> you took that, you said, that's it. That's it. <laughs> that's it. You got a game for us, cuz? Uh, yeah, it's a little something interesting. Well, let's get into it. So with the announcement of Jenny doing the Tom Jonah cruise, kind of got me to digging into what stars or demands they have for when they're on tour. Now, I'm not for sure if this is current or not, but these are what have been out there on the Internet. So you're talking about like writers, like what do people need when they are on tour? Exactly. Okay. <laughs> so all you have to do is tell me if it's Janet or not Janet. Okay. All right. So. Here's one. Fresh cut white tulips or white gardenias or white roses. I'm going to say that's Janet. And I'm going to say it because I feel like she always wants white flowers. You are correct. Woohoo! <laughs> You're right. It is. It's Janet. <laughs> All right. Here's another one for you. This person requests a new toilet. At each venue. A new toilet. A new toilet. Um, is it Janet or not Janet? Is it Janet or not Janet? I'm gonna say it's not Janet. You are correct. Janet does not require you to give her a new toilet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not mad at this person though. Who is it? Mary J. Blige. I'm not mad at Mary. I'm not mad at Mary at all. <laughs> <laughs> this one might be tricky for you though. Only have Pepsi products. Um, I'm going to say not Janet. And the reason is, I don't think she drinks a lot of soda. And also, she drinks water. And Aquafina is terrible. I shouldn't say that. Aquafina is terrible water. <laughs> All right. But you're correct. It's not Janet. It's actually Beyonce. Really? Because she, yeah, I, I was thinking you're going to say, uh, I was thinking Britney Spears at first, but no, it's actually Beyonce. I wonder why. Does she have a contract with Pepsi? Yeah. You know, at one point she, uh, they sponsored oh, her Oh, I remember. Yes. Tour. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. All right. Here's another one. Dressing room must be stocked with fruit and beverages. No alcohol. Hmm. They specifically say no alcohol? No alcohol. So now I'm thinking... I feel like the fruit and beverages is a Janet thing, but the no alcohol feels like an alcoholic thing. So I'm like, who? Um, I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to say Janet. You're correct. No, she does not want alcohol in her dressing room. Okay. Well, that was very specific. Only fruits. <laughs> well, because you know. I'm be honest. If Janet does my, I'm like, you want some crown? Because I feel like crown is the best thing ever. Clearly, so I would, I would be, t I would be tempted to leave her a bottle of crown now, but be like, drink up, Janet. You know, have a good time. Yeah, but no, no alcohol. All right, here go another one. 
forbids her drivers from making eye contact or conversation with her. That's definitely not Janet. It's not Janet. Who is that? It's rumored to be Katy Perry. Katy Perry, no! <laughs> yeah, you cannot talk to Katy. You drive Katy to her place and you come on back. <laughs> I feel like that's a, I feel like that's an introvert rule. I wonder if Katy Perry's an introvert. Because sometimes the only, uh, the only I don't want to say alone time in the world you have, but like time to yourself you might have is in a car. But if you got a driver, then that's not necessarily time to yourself. But you remember Steve Harvey got in trouble for an email where he was like, he didn't want staff or nobody to talk to him when he first gets in in his dressing room and stuff like that i remember that i almost forgot about that yeah but sometimes you just need a moment to yourself to think like i don't understand people who (laughs) set meetings before eight like anytime before eight is courtney time like courtney is talking to courtney and that's it i don't want to engage necessarily with you until i have had adequate time to visit with me Yes. Oh my god. I was in a meeting one time and it had been going on all day. So we had like we had some breaks, but it had been going on for like nine hours. And I just had to announce that I was like, guys, I just want you to know that I am no longer capable of code switching because I'm tired and I haven't had enough time with myself. So I can't necessarily control (laughs) how you are about to experience me. (laughs) But I want you to know I am trying. (laughs) I'm sorry. My thing, I guess I I don't have enough discipline because my thing is don't talk to me before I drink some coffee. That's it. That's my motto. See, I don't drink coffee. coffee. Like my my version of coffee is like just 10 minutes alone with my thoughts. Like that's my version of coffee. And so don't, I you can't all the time talk to me constantly because I can't deal. I really can't. But ironically, I'm a person who like wakes up, like if I wake up at 6.30, I could have a full-blown conversation. Like I'm ready to talk. One time I'll share the room with somebody. I'm waiting. Like I need you to open your eyes so I could tell you something. Like <laughs> <laughs> Well, your other cousin, who is my sister, has this 10 o'clock rule on Saturday. She like, don't call me before 10 a.m. on Saturday. <laughs> you need to be going to the hospital <laughs> in emergency before you. And I done that before. And when I tell you, I got. Oh, she did not. She let got me... you right. I'm sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So we have. Well, I told you off track. Is that the end or is there another one? I'm going to give you one more and see if you can guess this. Okay. Demands organic creamy peanut butter i'm gonna say that's janet yes 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 it has to be organic (laughs) i love creamy peanut butter and this is how i think that janet and i might be my soulmate when i think about like think things that i would be desperately sad if they no longer existed peanut butter is one do you remember years ago when like the whole country was in an uproar because of salmonella and peanut butter yes i still ate peanut butter i was like i'm willing to die for this I can't do it. That's it right there. <laughs> so that's it for us. On behalf of myself, Courtney Stribling, 
and my cousin, Cousin Cam, we'd like to thank you for spending time with us. If you like our show, please subscribe at iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also chat with us via Twitter and Instagram at JJTodayPod. Feel free to leave us a comment, drop us a like, and tell another Janet Jackson fan about our show. Our intro and outro music, Good For You by THBD, is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license. Janet today, Janet tomorrow, Janet forever.